When the Seahawks travel to SoFi Stadium on Sunday to face the Rams, they'll be facing a far different looking team than the one that hoisted the Lombardi Trophy on February. How different are they going to look? It's Matchup Wednesday. Rob Rang and I are going to dive into all the key matchups to look at for a much different looking Rams team against the Seahawks in Week 13. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me as always, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Special thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Our new listeners, also welcome. and Hopefully you'll enjoy the show and want to come back and listen some more. Plenty of Seahawks talk coming your way. It's our weekly matchup Wednesday segment. And usually it gets pretty repetitive when you're talking about NFC West opponents, but the Rams are going to look a lot different this weekend than what they had the last couple of years due to a plethora of injuries on both sides of the ball to a number of star players. So a lot of new faces we'll be discussing today on Matchup Wednesday. Let's get to it. Now for your lead story here on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. There's a new safety in town, another former first-round pick joining the Seahawks safety group. Jonathan Abram today claimed off of waivers from the Packers, where I think he spent about five minutes and change in Green Bay, was with the Raiders at the beginning of the season, the team that drafted him 27th overall in 2019, former star at Mississippi State. We'll be joining a battered Seahawks safety group. Jamal Adams obviously done for the rest of the season. Ryan Neal, the Seahawks don't know if he'll be available this weekend, dealing with elbow and shoulder injuries that he suffered late in Sunday's loss to the Raiders. And Rob Abrams, obviously a player that brings a lot of talent to the table. There's a reason he was drafted in the first round in 2019. And yet, like pretty much every first round pick that the Raiders have picked over the last five years, things just did not work out for him in Las Vegas, did not meet expectations, lost his starting job earlier this year. And now he's coming to Seattle, a place that will be his second fresh start in less than a month. But there, this may be a better chance for him than what Green Bay was in terms of playing time with the injuries and the fact that Josh Jones has struggled so much. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Josh Jones, who, of course, was uh, Green Bay previously as well. Uh, I think you look at Jonathan Abrams, the very first thing that stands out to me going back to not only his NFL film, but certainly at Mississippi State is just pure unbridled physicality. Uh, I think that Jonathan Abrams walks in to Seattle's locker room and immediately he is the most physical safety on this roster. I love the move for Seattle on special teams. I am intrigued by the move for Seattle on defense as that traditional safety. This guy really can bring it when it comes to supplying pressure, supplying physicality down the alley, something that Seattle has struggled with so far with the reliable open field tackling from the safety position. So in that regard, I really do think that this could be an improvement for the Seahawks. Again, I have no question about it in my mind that this is going to be an improvement from the special teams regard because this guy is that so-called assassin. 
Uh, he is really, really physical, almost to the point where he can get you in trouble because he always kind of had a knack for creating, uh, you know, you know, hitting too high. And, and some of the things that we used to see um, with Marquise Blair, for example, uh, but that's one thing that John Schneider and Pete Carroll have always prioritized. You go back to Pete Carroll's days at USC where he had some of these big hulking safeties. Everybody knows about Cam Chancellor and the success that he's had with Pete Carroll at the Seahawks, but that is something that, that Pete Carroll had always prioritized, again, with the USC Trojans as well. Uh, you know, Darnell Bing and, uh, you know, some of the other safety. Taylor that, Mays. Taylor Mays, exactly, a Seattle guy that uh, that we've seen over the years. That is something they always prioritize. Again, is a, a physically intimidating type of a safety. And so I, I think that this is one of those kind of, hey, let's roll the dice. Let's see what the guy has. The fact that he did go to Green Bay and obviously washed out as quickly as he did, that's a little bit concerning. But at the same time, I think that Seattle, frankly, is a little bit more desperate at the safety position than Green Bay is. They also are a team that is playing for possible playoff berth. And it doesn't feel like Green Bay has that at all right now for them. So to me, this is one of those low risk, high reward type moves that we know that the Seahawks, uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll have won with in the past. Yeah. And I look at his skill set and when he was coming out of Mississippi State, a player that he drew some comparisons to was Jamal Adams, the way that he plays in the box. And he had five sacks his last two years in the SEC playing at Mississippi State. So he's got some talent as a blitzer. He had 14 tackles for loss in those two seasons. So he has always been at his best when he has been playing up in the box. He can be a cover safety, although you look at the cover numbers in the NFL, this is why he didn't work out with the Raiders. He had some injuries. That was one problem. The other thing, quarterbacks completing 76% of their passes against him for over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, and just three interceptions, 125 quarterback rating against. Yeah, that's why he has been on the market because he has not been able to get the job done in coverage. The Seahawks may look at his skill set and think, you know what? In the confines of our scheme, we think we can mask those deficiencies or we can help him rediscover his talent in that area because I thought he was a solid cover safety in college. It just never came to fruition in the NFL. And I don't know how much stock I put in him washing out in Green Bay as quickly as he did. I mean, he didn't have a chance to show what he could do. He got one snap on defense in two games that he played for him. And so I think he's got a better chance to get in the field in Seattle. That could be good or bad. But the way that Josh Jones has struggled and just the talent this kid has, I mean, he had almost 260 tackles in 38 games with the Raiders. So he can come up and stick people. He can blitz some. I think there is some value as a box safety here, especially if Ryan Neal has to miss time. And I think he can come in and learn the defense quickly enough with his versatility and his experience where he can come in and he can give you some snaps if you need him to right away. But at bare minimum, as you mentioned, he is a player that could come in right away and be an impact player on special teams. And they had a few plays that didn't go their way in kick and punt coverage the other day. There's been some injuries there. So adding another athletic guy that can fly down the field and thump people, that is going to be a nice addition for special teams. So I think Jonathan Abram has a chance to stick around here and be on this roster for the rest of the season and play some meaningful snaps for the Seahawks without Jamal Adams. And obviously with Ryan Neal, they like playing three safeties though. And Josh Jones just hasn't played well on defense he's done some really nice things on special teams but even special teams he's missed a few tackles this is a chance for Jonathan Abram to take that positioning and who knows what that means for Josh Jones moving forward but 
could have some healthy scratches coming his way if Abram is able to quickly latch onto the scheme and prove that he's ready to play on game day. Who knows if he'll be ready for Sunday against the Rams that quick of a turnaround, but he's going to get an opportunity to compete. And right now, that's all he can ask for a player that's washed out with two teams in a month. He's just looking to prove that he can get the job done and still play at a high level. Coming up next, it's matchup Wednesday, and the Rams get ready to host the Seahawks when the season started. This is a game that we had circled thinking this probably is not going to be an easy game at all for the Seahawks, defending champions, and yet the Rams, you really can't recognize them now with all the injuries that they are dealing with. So there's going to be some new faces as we go through the matchup. We're going to look at the Seahawks on offense against the Rams still fairly solid defense coming up next here on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. As you gear up for the holiday season, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. As a former site manager and current podcast host, I've made plenty of hires over the years, and LinkedIn has always been a go-to for me to find top candidates in sports media Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. They've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Matchup Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined as always by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week and a special welcome to our new listeners as well. For your second listen, make sure to check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for our first matchup between the Seahawks and the Rams this season. And this was one that fans were looking forward to, and maybe some were fearing going into the season because the defending champions, the Rams, were expected to be right in the thick of things again for the Lombardi Trophy. Tons of talent on the roster, and yet here we are going into Week 13 and the Rams are 3-8. and eight. They've had injuries that have littered the roster, and it just keeps getting worse. Lately, it's been the defense that's starting to take the brunt of those injuries, and it's going to be weird, Rob, but we are not going to mention after this point Aaron Donald because he has already been ruled out with a high ankle sprain. He will miss the first game of his career, so the Seahawks will not see Aaron Donald on Sunday. So we're not going to be covering that matchup, but... Still some good players on this Rams defense. In particular, there's a pretty chatty corner that's still healthy in the secondary that is looking to get a little bit of revenge after DK Metcalf had a big game against him in both games last year. Yeah, I think that that still ranks as the most intriguing matchup. Um, as you said, Aaron Donald has already been ruled out by Sean McVay officially with a high ankle sprain. So the Seahawks don't have to worry about number 99, uh, just absolutely terrorizing from the inside. But they still have to worry about Jalen Ramsey. And, and he is absolutely unbelievable talent at the cornerback position. You know, anytime you get an opportunity to see Jalen Ramsey matched up one-on-one, 
with DK Metcalf. And you were talking about two of the most physically gifted receivers and cornerbacks in all of the NFL. And I would argue in all of NFL history, it really should be a kind of fascinating one-on-one match. I just think it's going to be interesting to see if Seattle is going to try to, uh, you know, focus on DK Metcalf as much in this game as they did this past week against Las Vegas Raiders. I, I, I was among those who was critical with the fact that it looked like Geno Smith sometimes kind of had blinders on that he was only looking for DK Metcalf. I Hey, I would love to see DK Metcalf be able to take it to Jalen Ramsey. I just think that he, again, would make that such a fun matchup for the Seahawks to potentially win. And I think it will be an easier matchup to win, again, when you don't have the pass rush, at least in the interior, that we've kind of grown so accustomed to the Rams having with Aaron Donald. But at the same time, I also think that this is a matchup that is ripe for Seattle to be able to take advantage of the Rams' other, quote-unquote, other cornerbacks, considering the fact that this is a team that has struggled with depth, that doesn't isn't as, as gifted on the other side as they have been in the past. And no Darius Williams, him leaving. And I know Russell Wilson was the one that was getting intercepted by him left and right. But still, Darius Williams had Seattle's number, and now he is in Jacksonville. He is not going to be playing for the Rams this game. And they are in the top 10 in the NFL for most receptions allowed to wide receivers. Some of that's been Jalen Ramsey. His play has been up and down this year. It has not been his best season He's still got good numbers, but he hasn't been at the elite level that we've seen from him in the past. And their other corners have just been okay at best. Now, they're not giving up a lot of explosives. In fact, they're dead last in the league for explosive pass plays. So you're going to have to be able to chunk the ball down the field in terms of your passing game. I don't think you're going to get a lot of opportunities to beat them deep. At least teams have not been able to do that to this point. But still, you got to like the other matchup, particularly whoever – is going against Tyler Lockett. You have to think that's an advantage for the Seahawks. And maybe this is a game that Marquise Goodwin or even Laquan Treadwell, Pete Carroll keeps unprompted talking about Treadwell. We might see Treadwell get some opportunities in this game against the Rams secondary as well. For the second matchup, you know, we'd always mention, I'm not even going to say his name at this point because big number 99, he's usually talked about for a good chunk of our matchup Wednesday episodes, but he's not there. And so you would think, Huge advantage for Seattle's interior offensive line. And obviously it helps that you don't have to deal with blocking number 99. But this is all about the middle linebacker that Seahawks fans know really well that is in the middle that's going to be trying to stop Ken Walker the third, And that is Bobby Wagner. This, to me, is one of the premier matchups coming into this game because Wagner is one of the few star players that is still healthy for the Rams. And he's having a very good year. 90 tackles, four tackles for loss three sacks. He's really been the one real bright spot for the Rams defense. I mean, Aaron Donald's had a good year, but not great by his standards. Ramsey's had a good year, but not great by his standards. Bobby Wagner's having another borderline all pro caliber season with the Rams and the Seahawks. You can make an argument, even with how much Cody Barton's improved that they are missing him quite a bit in the middle. He has been a rare bright spot for this Rams team in a disappointing three and eight season you know he's going to be around the football and he's going to be looking to greet Ken Walker the third this is going to have some revenge game written on it as well you know Bobby Wagner is going to be thinking that going into this matchup and so I'm really excited to see it can Seattle find a way to get their run game going if they don't probably a big reason why will be number 45 not number 54 getting downhill and making tackles on Ken Walker the third 
Yeah, I think that we highlighted the the most intriguing matchup from an athletic perspective right off the bat with DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey. Just from a Seahawk competitive standpoint and from your heart, um, just knowing what an incredible player, what an incredible human being that Bobby Wagner is, then I, I think that there's so many Seahawks fans out there who are just fascinated to see what, as you said, number 45 is going to be able to provide the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, he is their poster boy right now. Literally, if you go to the LA Rams website, it's Bobby Wagner who is on the cover of their website right now. Not Aaron Donald, not Cooper Cup, not Matthew Stafford. Bobby Wagner. And so to me, that is just fascinating in and of itself. And I certainly would agree with you, considering how many struggles that the Seahawks have had at the inside linebacker position, then yeah, if you were to bring Bobby Wagner back, then he would be an upgrade because Cody Barton just has not taken that next step. Jordan Brooks has been solid, but he hasn't been a spectacular player. At the same time, I feel like Bobby Wagner's play has dropped off pretty significantly over the last couple of years. And what I've been able to see of the LA Rams so far this season, I think that that is still the case. I see a very instinctive player. I see a guy who is still physical. I see a guy who has still above average speed for the middle linebacker position, but he was once one of the fastest linebackers, one of the most physical linebackers in all of the NFL. And so I do think that there are going to be some opportunities where a running back as dynamic as Ken Walker, a, a tight end group as dynamic as Seattle has, should be able to take advantage of a slower and less physical Bobby Wagner at this point. And so to me, it really comes down to how much Seattle wants to really try and target Bobby Wagner. I thought that Seattle really showed how well they knew Russell Wilson and that the way that they were able to make an absolute superstar, at least in the past, really look very mortal in that first game of the season. And obviously Russell Wilson has struggled the rest of the year for the Denver Broncos. I wonder if Seattle is not going to be able to show some of the kryptonite behind Superman or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle himself uh, and Bobby Wagner a little bit, just because again, they know him so well. Um, and, and so to me, that's really going to be fascinating. But again, all due respect to Bobby Wagner, because I really think that he is such an instinctive football player. You said it, the revenge factor. I think that he's going to have some revenge factor as well. He knows Geno Smith. He knows what the Seahawks like to call. So to me, I, I see some reasons why I think that Seattle might be able to take advantage of Bobby Wagner. I also think that Bobby Wagner might have a little bit of something that he's going to want to bring back to the Seahawks too. So I really think this is going to be a fun matchup for Seahawks fans, for LA Ram fans to watch as well. Yeah, that's going to be one of your get-your-popcorn-ready matchups in this game with all the injuries that the Rams have. And I think one other matchup that's going to be worth watching in terms of what's going to dictate the game, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross as a duo easily had their worst game as NFL tackles this past weekend. Both of them had six pressures allowed by my count. It was a struggle against the Raiders, particularly when Max Crosby was going against Abraham Lucas. Lucas should be feeling much better, though. He's not going to be trying to rebound from an illness. Charles Cross, I thought, you know, he gave up six pressures, but I thought he played a bit better than what Abraham Lucas did. But those two get an opportunity to try to bounce back. And it's not a revenge game, but it's, it's a rebound game for them against a Rams defense that ranks in the bottom five in quarterback hits and the bottom eight in quarterback pressure rate. 
even when they have had Aaron Donald the rest of the season. This has been a team that has struggled to generate pressure. That being said, they have a player by the name of Leonard Floyd who has been a kryptonite for the Seahawks offense the last couple of years. It feels like he gets three sacks every single time he plays against the Seahawks. And so Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, they better be prepared. Both of them are going to see Leonard Floyd. They also have Terrell Lewis, a player who has had a lot of injuries in his football career, going back to Alabama and in the NFL, but he's also a freak athlete. The production has not been there for him, but he has been a starter the last three weeks. They've moved him into the starting lineup, and he has the physical tools and athleticism to be a problem off the edge. So I think this can be an advantage for the Seahawks because Cross and Lucas are going to be looking to bounce back. And I think that this is a front line that, especially without Aaron Donald, is not near as formidable as the opponent they played last weekend. And at the same time, Leonard Floyd's had a lot of success against the Seahawks over the years. And Terrell Lewis has the talent to have a big game. And so I think that's going to bear watching in terms of whether the Seahawks are able to put a bunch of points on the board this weekend or not. Oh, no question about it. I mean, you have to be able to protect Geno Smith. I mean, that is your X factor, you know, is you really have to feel very confident that, um, as has been the case in most games so far this season, the Seahawks, frankly, have the better quarterback. Um, and, and so you have to be able to protect him. Um, as we talked about in yesterday's show, you know, kind of our tell the truth Tuesday, um, it, it wasn't all on Geno Smith. I mean, I know that's the the, you know, what a lot of people like to say, oh, Geno Smith, he, he struggles under pressure and all this kind of nonsense. The reality is, is that Seattle struggled with protecting him. And then some of their receivers downfield struggled with getting open and running clean routes to allow him to get the ball to them. And so if Seattle is able to get open, if they're able to stop those edge rushers, you, you mentioned Leonard Floyd and all of the success that he's had against the Seahawks. Terrell Lewis is a dynamic talent. Um, and so to me, you got to be able to slow those guys. I think you got to slow down Greg Gaines. Um, you know, as good as Aaron Donald is, and we all know what a terrific player he is, Greg Gaines has given Seattle fits as well. I mean, short, stumpy guy from the University of Washington, former Morris Trophy Award winner. He has a combination of power and underrated quickness that could give Austin Blythe some problems, considering how poorly Austin Blythe has played over these last couple of games. Now, make no mistake. I mean, we're not comparing uh, Greg Gaines to Vita Vea. Uh, you know, he's a very different type of a player. But still, I think that just protecting – Geno Smith is absolutely critical. So whether it be on the edges, whether it be in the interior, if the Seahawks want to have any type of success, they've got to be open, be able to open up more running lanes than they have over the last couple of weeks. And they certainly have to be able to protect Geno Smith. It doesn't matter how much the, the Rams are struggling defensively with all their injuries. If you can't protect the quarterback, if you can't open up rushing lanes against a weakened defensive line for the Rams against a team that has, has struggled to have any type of real noise factor from the crowd then again this is one of those games where the you know it, it could be that the the heavens are falling down right in front of you if you cannot walk into this game and go emerge with a victory yeah this is certainly a desperation game a little bit different reason why it's a desperation game for both teams being involved in this one but there's no question that the offense should be licking their lips a little bit knowing that they don't have to deal with number 99 and there are some other injuries that the Rams are dealing with on defense. There are even more injuries on offense. A lot of new faces that we'll be talking about coming up next as we look at the Seahawks' defense and three matchups to watch when they're facing off 
against the Rams offense. We'll get to those here in a moment on our matchup Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts we're sure you're going to love, including the Block Forever podcast. It's a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level by giving football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players such as Christian McCaffrey and Juju Smith-Schuster across the league to get the real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes inside locker rooms during team meetings and back at the hotel. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast. It's available everywhere right now. Audible, get in the game. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and soon in Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. You're listening to Matchup Wednesday here on the Locked On Seahawks podcast. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And thanks to the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Continuing our key matchups here, a much different-looking Rams team than what the Seahawks have faced the last several years. A ton of injuries, particularly on the offensive side of the football we won't be talking Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, their big addition on offense and free agency. He's done for the rest of the season. And Matthew Stafford will not play this week. He has already been ruled out as he is coming back from a second concussion that was suffered in a four-week span. So who knows if he's even going to play again this year. And that leads to a very different discussion. I think we got to start with a quarterback position here for the Rams. Now, John Wolford may play this week. He was dealing with a neck injury of his own and even though he was able to dress, he was not prepared last week, didn't practice. So they ended up having him as the backup. And what that meant for the Rams is that they brought in Bryce Perkins. And Perkins had never really played any snaps in the NFL aside from the week before. He has 161 passing yards on his resume, most of that coming last week in a loss to the Chiefs. Not known as a great passer, and yet at the same time, with the injuries they've got, Rob, without Cooper Cup, without Allen Robinson and some of the other players they've got out, losing Robert Woods, who is now with the Titans, this offense is missing so many pieces that you have to believe Perkins' mobility, his ability to do damage as a runner, is maybe the best offense that the Rams can put together right now due to the lack of options around him in Seattle. They've had issues with mobile quarterbacks this year. So I'm looking at you, Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. You better be ready for Bryce Perkins, not only to take off a scrambler, but design quarterback runs where the onus is going to fall on you to be able to hunt him down and make tackles. If you don't, uh, this Rams offense might be able to have more sparks than what we're anticipating going into this game and keep things interesting. No, I absolutely agree with you there. I mean, Bryce Perkins is a very effective runner. I mean, 20 rushing touchdowns over his last two seasons at the University of Virginia. Uh, I believe he wound up passing basically for, you know, 45 
uh, looks like 47 touchdowns over that same span. So again, I mean, basically two touchdowns throwing for every one touchdown running the ball. So this is a true dual threat quarterback. And we know that the Seahawks have struggled with those types of passers before. So yes, I, I think that it is critical that, that Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton be able to not only play some coverage, not only be able to play run support, obviously better than they have the last couple of weeks, but they also have to keep their eyes on the quarterback. You knew that Tom Brady wasn't going to run around. You knew that Derek Carr was not going to run around. Bryce Perkins can do that. And John Wolford, if he is in fact the quarterback who starts for the Rams, he can do that as well. So this is a very different Rams offense than what we have seen with Matthew Stafford and previously with Jared Goff. And, and so I, I do think that uh, Sean McVay is, is a creative enough play caller. We certainly know that, that he is going to be willing to change his offense completely if necessary to try to take advantage of where Seattle has really struggled. So to me, this is the logical first matchup for us to be kind of analyzing here. Um, Perkins is not a very refined passer at this point. He has made some strides. Um, he worked out with one of the better and more underrated quarterback kind of developers, in my opinion, in John Beck. People might remember him back at BYU, certainly Nick Lee will, and uh, you know previously in the NFL. And, and so you have seen a little bit more of a refine, refinement as a passer. Um, but I had the opportunity to evaluate the LA Rams during their training camp, and it was basically a, a significant drop-off before Warford, who was very comfortable in throwing passes to Cooper Cup and Ben Skoronek as well. Um, but once you saw Bryce Perkins out there, he basically would look at his very first read and then run. And so that is going to be critical for the Seahawks, again, is to key in on the quarterback, perhaps even have a spy at the quarterback position to be able to try to eliminate the rushing opportunities. If there's a spot that I feel like this Rams offense can still have success against the Seahawks without Cooper Cup, without Allen Robinson, they're going to have a few other younger receivers out there like Van Jefferson that are available that can win downfield. But we know that Tyler Higbee has been a thorn in the Seahawks side over the years. And what a security blanket that that is for a young quarterback like Bryce Perkins. Now, he had no catches and no targets last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. You have to believe that Sean McVay is going to be talking to his young quarterback. And if Wolford plays, he loves throwing the ball to Tyler Higbee. So I would anticipate that that is going to be one of the Bigger matchups for the Seahawks defensively. You don't have to worry about Cup and Robinson, so that means you may be able to provide a little more support. But Tyler Higbee has been a real problem for the Seahawks in the past. I believe it was two years ago that he had a game where he scored three touchdowns against the Seahawks. And so he has been a real problem. He doesn't have a touchdown this year. That might not be a good omen for the Seahawks going into this matchup, but he still has 48 catches for 430 yards. And we don't know if Ryan Neal is going to be able to play in this game you might have to throw Jonathan Abram into the lineup less than a week after you claim him off waivers. I don't know if they would do that, but otherwise you got Josh Jones. I mentioned yesterday, Joey Blunt, maybe you play him, but that's going to be a size advantage for Tyler Higby in that matchup if you're playing Joey Blunt. So there are question marks at that safety position, and Quandre Diggs isn't going to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities against Tyler Higby, and if he does, he's a smaller safety this would be the one skill player that I think has the ability to be a real problem for the Seahawks, and he has been in the past. Higby is the one to circle, number 89.
I would agree with you. I really think that this is a scary game for the Seahawks in that regard is that Tyler Higby has been a player that has had a great deal of success against the Seahawks in the past. Um, again, though, that has been with more of those traditional pocket passer quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and so if it is Bryce Perkins, as you correctly pointed out, uh, Perkins got the start this last week and Tyler Higby didn't catch a single ball. You go back to what uh, that, that that Perkins, Bryce Perkins did at the University of Virginia. Um, he did not feature the tight ends there either. He really relied on three receiver sets. I, I think that's what the Rams are going to likely do. I think they're going to try and run the ball. I think they're going to have three receiver sets. And I think that they are going to try to have the quarterback run. At the same time, you know, we, we've talked before about the way that Quandre Diggs kind of knew his former teammate, Matthew Stafford, had created some interceptions, um, you know, during the, the, the few opportunities that Matthew Stafford was with the Rams and previously when he was with Detroit. Well, the Seahawks, and you mentioned him by name, Joey Blunt, have a former yep. safety that was with Bryce Perkins back at Virginia. So perhaps he has a little bit of magic in the bottle. that They're just kind of waiting to unleash in this particular game as well. So we, we've talked about this, the possibility of Seattle using uh you know, using the safety Joey Blunt uh, a little bit more as a safety, not just on special teams. That to me, kind of going back to what we talked about in the opening of the show with Abrams perhaps coming in to play some special teams. Maybe Seattle is moving their best special teamer to this point in the season, Blunt, and asking him to play a little bit more defense because they're anticipating that he might be able to provide the Seahawks a little bit more intel um, against Perkins than they might otherwise have. And we mentioned the tackles going against edge rushers in our last segment for the Seahawks, Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas, having to deal with Leonard Floyd, as well as Terrell Lewis, a player who hasn't been productive this year, but he has off the charts athleticism. So they got to deal with that. I look at this, and this might be maybe the most advantageous matchup for the Seahawks on either side of the football, because Andrew Whitworth is retired, and Joe Noteboom gets hurt. He's done for the season. He was supposed to be the heir apparent at left tackle. They lost him early in the year. They've been playing musical chairs over there. They now have a seventh-round pick out of Michigan State. It, I believe it's A.J. Arcluli or Arcluli. I can't pronounce his name. Uh, but he is starting for the Rams at left tackle. Had five pressures that he allowed last week. And Bobby Evans was a starter before him. And Bobby Evans was so bad that they benched him for a seventh round rookie. I mean, that has been a nightmare for the Rams this year. And that's one of the reasons that Matthew Stafford's been concussed twice because they have not been able to protect the quarterback. They do have a guy that can run around a little bit in Bryce Perkins, but still this feels like this should be a matchup. The Seahawks are circling. We haven't been able to rush the pass in the last two weeks. We absolutely should be able to against this team. And I know that Rob Havenstein is a good right tackle, but he has still been susceptible this year. He's given up four sacks and 26 pressures. He's been good, not great. This feels like a game where Uchenna Nwosu, Boy Mafe, Bruce Irvin, he's dealing with a knee injury, but I've been told he should be okay by the end of the week. Uh, you're going to get Daryl Taylor more involved. All four of those guys should be able to have success in this game against Rams tackles, particularly on the left side, that have really struggled to protect whoever has been playing quarterback. Yeah, I, I, again, I agree with you. I, I think that, at least on paper, that the Seahawks have a huge advantage here. Uh, maybe I should say a speedy advantage here um, because that's the thing is the Rams tackles are Curry and Havenstein are, are, are both massive. 
I mean, you're talking about six, seven, 330 pounds, and neither of them are particularly good athletes. Both of them are brawlers. And again, we, we know that Sean McVay is a very good play caller. So I don't think that he is going to put his big offensive tackles, his inexperienced quarterback, whichever quarterback that may be, in that position where they're going to be asked to throw the ball 40 times. I think they're going to look to run the ball. 40 times, take advantage of that size. That has been Seattle's Achilles heel over these last couple of weeks, obviously. And so I do think that they are going to look to mash Seattle at the point of attack. So is Seattle going to be physical enough there to be able to hold up in terms of run support? That's not something that Daryl Taylor has shown uh, much success in doing so far this season. Bruce Irvin certainly has, but as you mentioned, he is struggling with injuries himself. Lieutenant Nuosu has not been the same guy these last couple of weeks. So I do wonder if Seattle is going to try and creep towards the line of scrimmage and be able to slow down that running attack and force the Rams to try to pass their way back into the game. So to me, what that comes down to is, again, you have to slow down the Rams running game immediately, and then you have to be able to get a little bit of a lead and force the Rams to panic a little bit. If that's the case, then yes, I do think that this could be the type of game where the Seattle pass rush could get healthy very, very quickly. They could rack up four, five, six sacks in this game. At the same time, if you want to kind of bite your nails a little bit and worry about this potential matchup with, again, the Super Bowl defending champion Los Angeles Rams, then you do have to worry that they are just going to try to run the ball right down your throat. And again, until the Seahawks are able to prove that they that they will stop people in doing so, then that, I think, is the recipe for success for any opponent of the Seattle Seahawks right now. And it's worth noting Cam Akers has been getting some reps after sitting out several weeks, and he has had success in the past against the Seahawks, a very talented running back. they got a couple other guys that are rotating in right now as well. That has not been a strength for this football team running the ball. They're near the bottom of the league in almost every category there, but still Akers hasn't played most of the season by choice, and they were trying to trade him. So that is kind of a wild card to watch there if they can run the ball. That is going to alleviate the fact that they're dealing with all the injuries they've got at receiver and at quarterback. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Check out Locked on Seahawks and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up tomorrow, it's Crossover Thursday. I'll be joining the Locked on Rams crew, and we'll be continuing to dive into this game on a much different-looking Rams team heading into Sunday's matchup at SoFi Stadium. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.